That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. We've approached mid-December, and it was a weekend of disappointment for the historic teams of the Premier League. The Manchester City ended in a scoreless draw. Honestly, you probably had more fun watching the grass grow in that one. Carlo Ancelotti got to match up against his own club, including two former players and and Frank Lampard and Thiago Silva managing to grab a 1-0 win over Chelsea for Everton thanks to a penalty from Gilfie Sigurdsson. On Sunday, Spurs were held to a 1-1 draw against Crystal Palace. Harry Kane had an early draw. Harry Kane had an early goal and then Palace were able to score a penalty late in the game to snag a point. Fulham were impressive for the opening 40 minutes or were Liverpool just sluggish. Regardless, Fulham holds Liverpool to a 1-1 draw as Liverpool had another injury. Joel Matip leaving with a back injury after 45 minutes. And the surprise of the weekend, if this is even a surprise anymore, Burnley were able to go to Arsenal and grab a 1-0 victory thanks to a goal from Aubameyang. Except it's not for Arsenal, it's for Burnley. It was an own goal. That being said, a great weekend for West Ham, Southampton, and Leicester, who were all able to grab wins and points on the big teams. Could this be the season where one of them takes home a top six finish? We'll talk about it. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got Alex Moss and Javier Arevalo along for the ride. Uh, this weekend sucked. Uh, I just, yeah, this weekend was awful. Um, but how's everybody doing? I think we're all in agreement. I, fe- I was feeling pretty sick before the podcast, but <clears throat> just barely made it on. You know, I had to well, chug I'm, some Tylenol and cough syrup and I don't know if... I'd say it gets easier from here, Javier, but Southampton is uh, its going to be rough. Oh, it's um, going to be very rough. plus 210 for that game. I don't know how they're favored by the, by their underdogs by that much. Oh, oh my God. They're plus 210? <laughs> like, Arsenal are plus 130 and Southampton are plus 210. Uh, uh, um, I, Bookies, I would, what are yeah, you I would, doing? I'd take the Southampton <laughs> on that one. Yeah, me too. I will be. We'll, we'll have uh, picks for those of you who found us from uh, my TikTok videos. Uh, thank you for watching and thank you for joining the podcast that those picks emanate from. Um, yeah, I will be taking Southampton. I'm going to be shooting the video for this week coming up or for the midweek coming up here in a little bit. But I will tell you that that Southampton pick is absolutely going to be in there. Um, like, so let's let's start talking about some of the games uh, quickly on Friday afternoon. Uh, Wednesday, uh, West Ham beat Leeds 2-1 uh, early Saturday morning. Aston Villa got a late victory over Wolves 1-0 thanks to an El Ghazi penalty. Douglas Louise getting sent off, um, as did uh, Moutinho for, for Wolves. Uh, Newcastle beats West Brom 2-1. Um, and that brought us to uh, the Manchester Derby, which, I, I mean... This this derby is usually pretty good, and this one was absolutely awful. Um, and I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has continued his run. He's like now this is three straight games where he hasn't lost to Pep Guardiola. I think he beat him twice last year. And look I mean, at, maybe in the league, but yeah, the league yeah, cup true. they yes, they this, lost. This is true, but in the Premier mm-hmm. League. So I mean, I, I I call the draw in this game. I had you know faith that United could get a point out of this, and but I was expecting a high scoring affair, like you know something like two two or three three or something crazy like that, because both teams defensively haven't been really at it. But yeah, it seemed like neither team or both teams were kind of afraid to 
push too far out of their comfort zone in this game to to get forward. I would say that City was obviously the more adventurous of the two. Um, but I would say that in, in the type of situation and climate now, I mean, I think a, a point's not the worst for both teams. Um, like Guardiola said in the press conference, he, they did lose twice to United last season in the league. And for United, they haven't been keeping many clean sheets this season, and they've been conceding a lot of trash goals, which didn't happen in this game. So, you know, it, it, while it was a boring game, I don't think either manager is going to be distraught or too unhappy with a draw in this in this type of game. So, you know, while it wasn't good for the neutral, it, I think both teams will be satisfied with it. I don't think either team will be like, oh, we should have won that game. You know, we deserve to I win I don't think it was game. good for either of their fan bases either. Never mind the neutral. <laughs> I don't think uh, either set of fans no. enjoyed that. No. But it just seemed kind of surprising that City didn't take more risks like you understand it from United's point of view, they're just knocked out of Europe. They can't lose to their their city rivals like the next uh, weekend, and you kind of knew they were going to approach it that way. But for Manchester City, it kind of seemed like a similar performance to when uh, Chelsea went there and got a nil nil. Like it, it felt like we had the better squad and we were better in possession, but there weren't really many like concrete chances to show for it, and it ended nil nil kind of deservingly. Um, and for once, VAR uh, went against Man United because they got a penalty and then uh, they, Marcus Rashford was called offside uh, afterwards. And that was like a, a very nervy moment for City fans where I'm sure they were all thinking, I can't believe we're about to get a VAR penalty called against us and lose this game 1-0. So can I, can I just say, though, like, I don't know if it's because the players weren't exerting that much, but both both managers only made one substitute and... Like, they can't complain. I know that Klopp's been the one who's mostly been complaining about, like, his injuries and Pep players getting getting tired. But Solskjaer has. Like, if you're only going to make one change... Yes, yeah, Solskjaer. If you're only going to make one change, you're not going to bring on, you know, Donny van de Beek at all in this game. You're not going to bring on Bernardo Silva or, or, or Phil Foden. Like, you can't complain when there's midweek games and, and, like, some of these players might get injured. You know, I... Guardiola does rotate a lot, um, but for this game, we didn't really see any any rotation. Again, Aguero just wasn't even on the bench for this, which was surprising. And, you know, this was the first time that we've really seen United start four in the midfield. Um, you know, they started like McTominay, Fred, Bruno Fernandes, and Pogba, which I think it gave them more control defensively and they, it gave them more of the ball. Usually when they play against City, they have, you know, 40, 38% possession, but they had, they had like 46%, which is pretty, you know, pretty reasonable against a team like Manchester City. And then at the same time, I, I didn't think City were able to get forward too much. I wasn't sure why John Stone started over Aymeric Laporte. Laporte, I mean, like, I think Laporte, maybe he had a little knock or something, or, but I think they really missed his pa- passing from center back and the threat that he possesses from that position. Um, so yeah, I just thought they missed that from, from their center backs. And do you guys think that, do you guys think that, uh, Manchester city kind of don't have the personnel necessarily to attack Manchester United in the same way that, you know, Leipzig did. I thought, you know, Nagelsmann played out this perfect setup of, of how to beat uh, Manchester United. They, you know, they use the fullbacks in a similar way that Liverpool usually do where they're attacking a lot and they're moving up the pitch and I don't know, I just didn't see enough of that for Manchester Manchester City. And, and, you know, Kyle Walker isn't really an attacking fullback anymore. And Zhao Cancelo kind of is, but he was obviously playing on the left side. He's normally a right-sided, you know, a, attacking fullback to, per se. Do you guys think that Pep kind of got his tactics wrong in this one? Well, I think you have to consider the circumstances. The, 
the two sets for those two different teams were very different where RB Leipzig needed the win on uh, Tuesday night uh, to and a draw wouldn't get them through the next round. So they had to sort of sacrifice defensively and be more aggressive. Whereas for Man City, you know, it's 12 games into the Premier League season. Uh, yes, they're not having the best start to the season, but a loss would have been absolutely catastrophic. Whereas, you know, a draw isn't ideal, but, you know, we're going into a busy part of the season. There'll be plenty more opportunities to pick up points soon. So uh, I can understand kind of being wary of Manchester United's threat on the counterattack. And it just kind of seemed like they approached the game similarly to how Chelsea did at Old Trafford earlier this season, where uh, you, you could just tell we weren't we were just going in with the mindset of we're not going to be picked off on the counter uh, four times like we were last year. So. Yeah, it's understandable, but it just made for really dull viewing for everyone involved. So, uh, and honestly, the the rest of the weekend, like there weren't too many really exciting games. The rest of the weekend, maybe maybe the Liverpool Fulham one was exciting and fun to watch in high tempo, but most of the other like quote big games really let down let everyone down this weekend. It was not it was not fun to watch. I'll briefly wax poetically about the Liverpool Fulham game because we brought it up. Um, I would just say on both sides, it lacked finishing. Like, Fulham had their chances, and they did not punish us for it. Liverpool had chances and did not punish Fulham for it. I think Curtis Jones played really well again, and I'm excited to see him some you know continue to play for Liverpool, mainly because we're going to have to with all the injuries. And now with Joel Matip going down, I don't know what happens against you know Tottenham this week, if they're going to play Nat Phillips, if they're going to play Reese Williams. Uh, that's a big ask for whoever has to, you know, fill in besides Fabinho. And there's a chance that Matip might be okay. And they kind of took him off because it was a light knock. We'll see. But, yeah, you know, Liverpool just and Fulham were just not clinical. We were sluggish over the first 45 minutes. Like, Fulham absolutely deserved that first goal and arguably could have scored more if it had not been for Adrian so, or for, for Allison. I, I, I think they got robbed a little bit. Uh, I don't know how that was a penalty. The player's arm was. The, uh, the Liverpool penalty, you mean? Yeah. Right. yeah, the Liverpool penalty. I don't know how that was a penalty. I mean, it just it feels like they're so inconsistent with the handball call. Um, and I saw a statistic um, on Reddit that there has been a 75% increase in penalties for the season, like com- this season compared to other seasons. And um, it, Peter Cech was complaining on, you know, saying – if, if there's going to be this many more penalties, you know, it's a really big disadvantage for goalkeepers. Like, they're not going to be able to keep clean sheets and, you know, they can't move on their line at all. But if there's going to be this many more penalties, like, maybe they need to change the rules on that. Maybe they need to, you know, let them move a second before. I don't know. I don't know if there's what, what he was really trying to get at there. But I just think that the, 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 the like, the, every single week, it seems to be a controversial call in terms of a penalty for, for handball and the, the rule change. You know, just hasn't. I don't think it's benefited the sport. I mean, maybe it's made it a little bit more exciting with in terms of more goals, but I think that for the players, they don't know what to expect. You know, one week the handballs are getting called, the next week that they, they're not, and it's it's not providing any consistency at all. You're seeing way more teams protest for handballs in the box too. Like I saw multiple times in the Arsenal game. Uh, players screaming, Burnley. yeah, handball, players handball. screaming when it was completely right. incidental because they're just thinking, why the hell not? Like other things are getting called, why not this? So it, yeah, I agree with you, but I feel like the the change. I remember hearing at the beginning of the season, the Premier League was switching to uh, be involved with IFAB's uh, rules, or I guess whatever IFAB is. It's like the it's the committee that set the setting the rules for across Europe under UEFA, 
Whereas I guess last year the Premier League brought in VAR, but wasn't subjected to the same sort of, they were doing their own thing instead of what the rest of Europe was doing. Now they're under the whole European umbrella. And, you know, what we're used to as Premier League fans and, uh, you know, decisions like that being a little more hard to come by in England, I think that's kind of out the door. And I'm not sure if it's going to change anytime soon. But yeah, when you have your hand planted against your chest on a free kick in the wall and it hits your hand when it would have hit your chest, I like I don't know why. Like, there's no excuse for that. You like you can't you, you can't like back up the VAR official or the referee. So Fulham deserved to win. They didn't win, but they've still come through these three games with Leicester, Manchester City, and uh, Liverpool with four points, which just the first couple of games of the season, you would have laughed someone out of the room yeah, if you predicted that. I mean, that. I, I, we've been talking about it on the podcast that Fulham have been improving, and, and now their results have shown that. And, you know, Scott Parker was definitely on the hot seat after those first seven or eight games, but I would say that now his, his job's pretty safe. And, and Jurgen Klopp that, thinks he's sexy. Yeah. You guys see that after the interview or after the game, Klopp was like, they're a very good looking team, just like their manager. I was like, wow, I mean, Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp can can point out when there's a good looking man. I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, come on. There's nothing wrong with Absolutely it. Absolutely yeah, nothing I mean, wrong with he, it. He was but he was so distracted by Scott Parker's good looks that he, looking, uh, he couldn't looking get Looking forward to right. the midweek, though, I, I kind of yeah, favor Tottenham. Liverpool Tottenham. Oh, we'll get yeah, there. I kind of favor Anfield? Tottenham. You, you wanna, we we yes. want to do it now? Okay, cool. We'll do it now. Yeah, of let's do it. I mean, it's just like like you said. There's going to be no Matip, so it's well, probably no, no, going to no, be like not a, confirmed. That's not confirmed. So let's Matt not. Phillips, let's not. Fabinho. I'm not letting center you, back pairing. I'm not letting you start with this. Hey, narrative. you brought it up, Andrew. I'm saying you're the one who makes it. Don't blame us. I'm saying there's a chance. I never said he was out. I said there's a possibility he might not play. He was pulled for a knock. We don't have a full report. I'm not definitively saying he's out or not. I okay. A back spasm. Yeah, yeah he's not playing. We'll see. Okay, they say they think there's a chance for Wednesday, but they're not sure. Right. Okay, so yeah. If if okay, so here's what I think though. I think the way that Fulham played on the counterattack and they were just sat back, let Liverpool have possession, and played on the counterattack. That's what Tottenham do, yeah. and they're the best team in the league at that. So, you know, Liverpool are going to attack Tottenham. They're at Anfield. I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna do the thing where. You you know what pissed Crystal Palace and Chelsea have done, whereas you sit back, you kind of let Tottenham have the ball, or, or you know you kind of go even on the ball and, and you don't get exposed at the back. I think Liverpool are going to get exposed by Son and Harry Kane. Tottenham have had a phenomenal record in top six games so far this season. They haven't lost. Um, they've only dropped I think a point, and I don't know. I just feel like the way that they're they've, playing they've in these two big points, games because they drew two us. points. Yeah, yeah. The the way that they've been playing in these games. I, I favor them right now. I think that Liverpool are a really hurt side right now, and they've been getting some iffy results: the draw against Brighton, the draw against Fulham. We're not good you guys on the have road. Had a couple We're of, not good on the road. That's where we've really true. struggled. While you've had some emphatic wins at home, which was I was going to say, I mean, that's that's definitely a big difference. I think that this is the t- the the one team that you guys are going to have trouble with at your stadium. You want to you so. hear the stats against us versus Tottenham now? About how we've won oh, the I know, last it's very five good. in a row, and we haven't we haven't dropped points to them since a game uh, of at home in 2018 when uh, they scored like a late penalty or something. I forgot what it was, but that was that was a crazy game. But there have been cr- there have been close games at Anfield though. Like last season, you guys beat them two one, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a Laurie's mistake in the last like five minutes from a Salah shot that uh, that 
gave you the two one win. And Tottenham didn't play well in that game and still managed to hang on. Honestly, and make I think it tight. even a draw is a good result for Tottenham. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it's it's they, I mean, it's not a terrible result for either yeah, team. Like, no, even Liverpool, yeah. you'd be disappointed that you didn't overtake them right. and uh, go to the top. But there's so much of the season left, and like we said, it's getting to the busy point now. And this is where I'm looking at Tottenham and thinking. When is the Kane injury coming? When is the Son injury coming? Because they're all I, happening for the rest of the league. We're I think all, the rest of be, us are getting injuries. I think it's going to be 2-1 Tottenham. Uh, I, so you think the streak you ends? You think the streak ends? They haven't I lost. I think the streak is over here. Since like 2017 against Crystal Palace, you think it ends here? Yes. Okay. I'm calling it. Ladies and gentlemen, our resident Arsenal yeah, fan. This is true. This is true. The Arsenal fan who loves I don't talking love about it. Spurs I don't, more I than mean, does I don't Arsenal. like that Tottenham are way better than Arsenal right now, but it's just... For some reason, I've got this feeling that now it's coming, and the way that the way that this team has been set up and playing, I just feel like they have a good matchup against this Liverpool side right now. If Liverpool had their full team, I don't think it would be the case, but just all the holes right now and all the injuries in midfield and in defense, and they, Hell, they even Liverpool, top. yeah, when even Jota up top out Liverpool, for the next yeah. month or well, so. That's also Liverpool not confirmed. Really, that's also not confirmed how long he's yeah, out. Okay, he could well, he's be out. Yes, he's out for this. He game. could be out for as much as six weeks. I haven't read that from an official like. I haven't read that from anyone who's reliable, though. Everyone who's saying six to eight weeks is like, oh, I heard it from somebody inside of the academy. It's like, no, no, I okay, cool. Like, the fucking janitor who you're like, is your second cousin third removed on Facebook telling you that Diogo Jota is not news to me. When Paul Joyce or James Pierce or insert, like, anybody who actually is paid to cover the club tells me that Diogo Jota is going to be at six weeks, I'll believe it. But, like, don't, like, again, there's a ton of rumors. I also don't, I mean... We're in the time. I just meant for the purposes yes. of this yes. game. We're also in the time frame when Tiago was supposed to be back. So I haven't heard anything about I, him. But if he was to suddenly end up on the team sheet and plays and is healthy, I would be way more excited about this game than than I am heading into it with everything going. I on. will give Alex credit. Um, you did call the Palace, you know, getting some sort of result against Tottenham, which Palace played really, really well against Tottenham. You know, played on the counter attack and they p- probably could have won the game. So I don't know if Tottenham were saving themselves a little bit. They did have their full lineup up there, but yeah, this is going to be. Is is the, is the game Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Or is it tomorrow? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. So they got there's another day of extra mm-hmm. rest there. So I don't know if that's going to make a difference. I mean, they both played. Um, here's the thing. You know, Tottenham played two hours before Liverpool did on Sunday. So pretty much they're both going in with the, the more or less the same amount of rest in between games. Um, this is a home game for Liverpool. The the player that I think that needs to have a good game for Liverpool. Not that, like, needs to, but Sadio Mane has been a little, I wouldn't say out of form, just hasn't found the back of the net in a little while, and I feel like... I was going to say Mane and Salah have... I mean, I know Salah scored the penalty, but it feels like both of them are, you know, I don't want to say struggling, but they're not excelling at the moment. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And, I mean, losing Jota definitely and, hurt. And where where that deficit was happening, when right. that deficit was happening, Jota was scoring goals. Right. So I think exactly. miss, he's going to be a big miss. I think offensively he's been your best player in the last month or so. I'll give you so that. him going down injured has, you know, it's just, it just, I think it knocks you guys down a tiny peg. I think, like, now off the bench you're bringing on Origi. Like, yeah. I thought that was odd from from Klopp. You guys are draw, drawing 1-1, and he brings on Origi for Salah in, like, the 80th minute. And I was kind of like, why wouldn't you leave Salah on the pitch for the last 10 minutes to try to get a goal? Because he's just played uh, so know. much football already this year. And right, like, but why did, okay, oh, yeah, that reminds me. Like, why did he play 90 minutes midweek against Mith- Mithlandia <laughs> yeah. or whatever when you guys won the group already? Why, why, uh, Klopp is complaining about, you know, right, Klopp's you know, not complaining. 
complaining no about that one, not getting enough rest for his players. The only rubbers. thing I Yota gets hurt. Okay, but hold on. Like they are, there's only Salah hold gets, on though. You know, like let's do the math of how many Liverpool players are a hurt and b how many are allowed to be on the European like registration. I don't think he could just call up half of the U23s for that game. He only has so many players, and when Shakiri's hurt. And and like other players aren't hurt. And additionally, like at that point too, Salah missed a bunch of time from from his absence for getting COVID. So I still think in like Klopp's mind, he's trying to get Salah like I wouldn't say match fit, but like back to that like regular playing level. But yeah, like that the the Jota injury, yes, I'll give you that one. That killed, but like not having all the players that they're supposed to is also creating this system where Klopp just doesn't have everyone he needs to. There's still wait like I know Ox is so back I mean, in training. I'm, I don't know when he's going to be like ready to go, but that's that's like the biggest question with Liverpool is like who's actually going to be available for them in this game. And like that would be So I'm looking at the lineup. I mean, you guys did have Yota or sorry, Mane, Firmino on the bench. You know, Jordan Henderson, Jordan Henderson, Curtis Jones, Andrew Robertson. I mean, you didn't play like your full team, but you had enough players on the bench. Where I don't think Salah had to play the full ninety minutes. I, I mean, so, I also while, think too, like Mohamed Salah is like one of the best goal scorers in the world, and he wants to get out there and play against a team in De- in Denmark and score more Champions League goals. Like he became, yeah, I'll give you that. He, he became Liverpool's highest scorer ever in the Champions League with that goal in the first half against that. Or no, wait, that was. The, was it that game? I don't remember. Yeah, it was the yeah, first yeah, minute. It was the first, was the first minute. minute. That's the, that he broke Gerard's record for most goals in the Champions League. Like, he's not a player where it's like, hey, boss, like, take me off. I want to be ready for this midweek game. No, he wants to go out there and play against a, a bunch of guys who would be playing in the second division in England and try to score more goals and break records. Like, that's who he is. Like, it, you, you can't, we can't come for him and be like, oh my God, he's a general, you know, an amazing player who scores 40 something goals in the Premier League his first year. And then, like, oh, take him off against Michelin because he wants to save him for the week. Like, you want these guys to these guys want to score goals and that that them scoring goals creates momentum. It didn't work out for them this time, but like I understand why he played the whole game. I'm not going to motherfuck clap for that. Like I don't I don't I don't find that to be like I understand exactly why he did that, and I think that's and he's good a game of any to like attempt to try to get a guy firing. It just didn't work. What's the uh, what's the prediction for Wednesday? Two one Liverpool. I said two one Tottenham. Just, just be ready to. I, th- I think we're gonna have a one-one. Just one be draw. incredibly frustrated. I think we're gonna have a one-one. Just one the draw. way, the way we've covered that, uh, Hoiberg and Sissoko drop in mm-hmm. to act as like, like, like extra fullbacks is, it's so frustrating to watch. And uh, I think you're gonna need Firmino to have a throwback performance. Yeah, I think we to be I able to unlock this defense. We're gonna need him to I think, drop. I think this is vintage, and, vintage Mourinho again. Like uh, I know that. He hasn't. They haven't been exactly banging in the goals of of late, but they've been getting lots of one and two goal results. And this is the type of game that I I don't know. It's I feel like Mourinho's back. I'll hedge and say one. Yeah, I think I think one one's and probably the same. Like if I was going to gamble on this game, which I don't think I am, um, I think the one one draw is probably the safe bet. And I think under two and a half goals is probably another one I would flirt with. I don't. This game is not going to get like crazy out of hand. So that's what I'll say. Uh, moving along here, we'll briefly hit on Alex, your Everton. Well, not your Everton, but Everton take down Chelsea 1-0. They've got a game against Wolves in the midweek. Are they going to be able to bounce back after that performance? How are you feeling about half of like all of your wide players being injured? And uh, yeah, Christian Pulisic's back. For, he is. I just but, read. I just read Frank that he's, he'll probably said, come off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Lampard's also said that at the moment he doesn't feel confident that Pulisic can start and play a full ninety minutes. So 
Um, Being missing Jao Moutinho, that's that's kind of a big loss for. I mean, I guess Ruben yeah. Neves hasn't been exactly starting. I, I mean, I'm so kind I'm of sure I'm optimistic right based in, off, but... off Wolves' like recent form, and like ever since they they lost Jimenez, I know they got the good result against Arsenal, but since then the Liverpool game and that Villa game on the weekend, uh, they've switched to this four three three and opened themselves up a little bit more. And uh, you never know if they'll switch back for uh, the Chelsea game because they did lose both games to us last season, so they might take a bit more of a uh, cautious approach. Uh, like Everton did. But yeah, Andrew, you hit the nail on the head with, we, we have three wide players, three players that excel in wide positions, CX, uh, Pulisic, and, and uh, Hudson-Odoi. Now, Werner has been playing out there, but you would never really call him a true winger. He's he's not someone comfortable having the touch Havertz as well line. has been playing out there. I wouldn't and call Havertz him a true has struggled well. with it. He's, right. he's, he's played on the right for Leverkusen over the past five years, but you have to bring up the fact that he's only three or four games uh removed from being out for a month from COVID uh, and still adapting to a new league. I, I think he can learn to play that position in at this level, like eventually, but it's not really an option that we're totally confident in at the moment. So uh, it, it leaves the only options of uh, having Reese James and Ben Chilwell be the, 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 the definitive uh, width on the my, team. Uh, my, we my didn't dad manage was, that against was calling for, uh, for Tino Andrin. Saying that he he no. looked really good in the midweek and no 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 Tino Andrian is another one who's an attacking midfielder more like a Ruben Loftus Cheek uh, like kind of carbon copy who's like but he's capable he could give of playing you a out little there width. yeah he's capable of going out there but again it's 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 not a player that's super comfortable out wide uh, excelling in that position and if Wolves decide to sit back and just like dare us to attack them then it could spell trouble. But then again, uh, Wolves are a little far down the table at the moment. I think they're in the bottom half right now. So uh, they need to start picking up points in a home game against Chelsea. I'm I'm pretty confident that we can hit them a couple times on the counterattack. And I'll say we'll win, we'll win uh, 2-1. That's what I Who think. Who scores it, for Wolves? Again, I don't know. It could be... It could Net, be uh, Neto's been playing Odense. really well. It could be Neto. Yeah. They've, they've got options. I'm going to say 1-1. I think that both teams aren't playing their best right now and I think it's going to be a cagey affair where you know Chelsea will have possession Wolves will let them have it and they'll sit back a little bit and, and try to beat them on the counterattack and you know the, I, I, I don't know I, I, I Wolves have been playing not so well of late and like you said they got to get some results and they might be a little bit desperate for this game and they lost twice last season so I think they'll make sure that they try not to lose this game at home and I think they're going to have fans there so it might be a little boost I'm not sure if they will. Yeah, I. It's kind of hard to keep Wolves. track because now London's gone back into tier three, so there won't be any home games or uh, London home games with fans uh, for the next couple of weeks. So I, I don't know how, what it's like in in Birmingham, but things seem to be changing week to week. Um, yeah, I heard Wolves weren't having fans. At least that's the the talk on the last Liverpool game that they played. Yeah, but uh, I, I I agree with Alex. The trying to keep up, with, it's it's difficult enough to keep with the COVID restrictions in this country and individual states, let alone trying to keep up with it in another country and their different you know situations. So, uh, moving along here, Southampton got a big win over Sheffield, three um, nil. Shea Adams getting on the score sheet, and Danny Ings is back for them. He didn't get a goal in this one, but he's back out there for them. Uh, they're going to play Arsenal at the Emirates, who lost to Burnley. Uh, Xhaka seeing red in that one, and Aubameyang own goal. 
And who? All right, moving who, on. Who now. else was supposed uh, to get sent off for Arsenal game. in this game? No, 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 Javier. Who else? We, we gotta get some. Somebody. We gotta get some uh, stuff out there. I saw a lot of tweets about somebody else getting a red. Should have gotten a red card for Arsenal. Who was that? El Neni should have yeah. gotten a red. Yeah, El Neni should have been sent off for like oh, a and, similar uh, thing uh, to what Jaka did. Isn't Bayern also suspended because he got five yellow cards, or is that somebody else? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> you know. Right now, before I was saying that I don't want to, like, I've, I've been questioning Arteta the last couple of weeks, saying that he should probably be fired. Now I want him out because. Who comes in and fixes it? I don't it, understand. Though? I don't understand who. I don't give a shit. Bring in Sam Allardyce. Is it, uh, is it Big know, Sam like, time? <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um, l- listen, I don't, I don't need Xhaka and William starting every game and Bayerine when they're playing dreadful every single fucking game. I was relieved to see Shaka sent off. I know we were playing really well up like in that beginning of that second half and creating chances and like pinning Burnley back and that completely ruined any momentum we had. But like Shaka has been dreadful the last so this entire season. Um Aubameyang finally gets on the score sheet. Ha ha ha, so funny. What a great header. Hey, you said I it, not I me. Yeah, it's just it's just gonna, like everything's gonna, going wrong for us. Everything's been piling up and we didn't deserve to lose this game. We shouldn't have lost this game. I mean, if Xhaka doesn't get sent off, I'm I'm fairly certain we would have gone on to win this game. But it's just, right now, if you keep playing the way that you're playing, keep using the same players. William, I don't know what he deserves to keep playing. Like he, Arteta has not used the youngsters that we've played in midweek in Europa at all in the Premier League this year. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is a player who, you know, Wolves are trying to buy for £25 million over the summer. We keep him. And he, he gets no game time. He does not see time in the Premier League. And he's a player who has not put a foot wrong every time he's played for us this season. Willock has looked good when he's played. Reese Nelson has looked good when he's played. But they no matter how badly the other senior players play, it doesn't seem like they can get game time. And Ketia as well. Like, he's scoring goals. Why does Lacazette and Aubameyang start every single game? Like, if things aren't working for you... I, I, it seems like almost any other manager would change things up, but he keeps doing the same broken system and keep doing the same thing. And he says in press conferences, "Oh, we played well, we did well, we should have won. We we crossed the ball forty eight times or whatever. Like it doesn't fucking matter. You keep losing, dude. It's been four straight home losses. That hasn't happened since the fifties. If we get a fifth straight, yeah. if a fifth straight home loss, I think Arteta's gone and he's going to be fired. I don't know. I mean, it's it." It's it's desperation time right now. It's sad the days. It, the the, the, the definition of insanity. One sec. The definition right. of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I'll I'll agree with you there. That would probably warrant, especially with this bad of a run of of results, uh, that would warrant Arteta being fired at pretty much any other big club. I'm pretty sure uh, Chelsea would have fired Frank Lampard uh, halfway through this this kind of run if he'd had this kind of run. So. I honestly just think it's the higher ups of your club are just like, ah, we were spending minimal money on Arteta and getting him like one or two players that he wants. And, you know, so whatever here, will here's be, what will I'll be. say, like he had he had six months coming in, you know, in December to with pressure free. He got some really great results during those six months and, you know, kind of set himself up for this next season. I feel like we've absolutely regressed. Um, obviously, Aubameyang has stopped scoring. Lacazette stopped scoring. The midfielders have stopped, you know, scoring. Defensively, we've probably improved a little bit. But when you don't score any goals, it doesn't matter how good you are defensively. You know, you're not going to win games. So it just it, it feels really like we're in a black hole that I don't know how we're going to get out. 
you know, the, I thought that this game against Burnley would, could be the start of it, and it, it, it wasn't. I, I Look, if we won all six games in Europa, and I know we talked about it saying they're not the same, it's not the same type of opposition, and Burnley's a better team than that. But, like, why don't you use some of those players who've been playing well, showing well for themselves? You know, I know we're going to have Nico Pepe back for this game against Southampton. He better fucking show up and get a goal or, or, or you know, a couple of assists or something in this game because the man owes us, you know, and he's got he's got a point to prove. All right, so you're okay with Big Sam coming in, but, like, do you have any faith? That, that- was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> but like, I don't want Big Sam coming in. Maybe Max Allegri. But, Maybe but Pochettino. Hold they on, wouldn't Pochettino even take wants the job to come. Our, our, yeah, our guy's going to take the job. Chalice. <laughs> Listen, you still get paid millions of dollars to manage Arsenal. These these guys are unemployed right now. Not if you're Mikel Arteta, like, you don't. Yeah, probably not. Mikel Arteta is like a club legend, though. Well, not I'm a saying club legend, if you're. But- if you're, he's not a club legend. If you're a top manager like Pochettino or Allegri, and you come into Arsenal, you're going to get five, six, seven million dollars bare minimum to come manage the club. Like no one's going to, they're paying Arteta, I think, like a million and a half or two million, like much lower than like any other top six manager because he had no experience. He wanted the job, and it was his first job. So, like Alex said, I think they're just paying for like a cheap manager right now, and it's not working. So if he gets if he gets fired, I'm not going to blink bat an eye, and I know that we'll find someone who's more experienced to bring in. Um, maybe Moisaya. Maybe our Moisaya. We can bring coach him from West Ham. I was going to say Patrick <laughs> Vieira is. Uh, no, I don't want Patrick is, Vieira. I don't uh, want an, an inexperienced manager. He's, hey, he's more you know, experienced than Mikel Arteta. He's had at least two happens, jobs before. Yeah, but he, what happens? He got with, fired though. What happens when Mikel Arteta goes on and coaches some team in Spain, like a random team to like sixth or seventh on no budget, which is and then and then you know obviously your boy. Well, then I, 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 still, I still believe Mikel Arteta yeah, exactly. is going to be a good manager, but I think that. He should have had a job like Frank Lampard did at a team, you know, in the championship or in Spain where he, you know, crafts his trade for a year or two, makes some mistakes and then goes up to a team like Arsenal. I think it was just too soon to have to be his first manager job. He, he keeps making some of these same blunders. You know, it seems like he, he can't really command the full respect of the players because but he's no played with can. some of these players. They've let down three straight coaches now. What figure? Yeah, what, yeah absolutely. None of them are proven like uh, what fixes top, the top club. Players. But I think, quicker. but I think, what but I think, the like quicker, the though? fact that you keep playing Willian, that you re-sign David Luiz, you keep playing Xhaka, you keep playing Bayerin, players who are just on god awful form. Anyone who watches Arsenal can can tell you that that you, you just watch them and you can tell that these players aren't playing well. So if if you're like if even Freddie Lundberg or Emery or. Wenger, when players weren't playing well, actually Wenger not so much, but yeah. <laughs> Emery and and Lundberg, when they had players who weren't playing well, you know they took them out. They played new players the next game. Try something different. Like Alex said, it's, it's insanity right now the way that he's managing this team. The fact that William keeps starting, I I, I guarantee William's going to start again on Wednesday. It's just it's sickening to me to watch. It's it, probably I, in his it, contract. It's. I'm. I, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like maybe they guaranteed him thirty starts in the Premier League or some shit this season, and, and it's absolute bullshit. It, it seems like he's stunted the growth of all of our attacking players: Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette. Um, our young players aren't getting enough game time. Our the only the only decent thing that we've improved is our defense, and that's not enough when when we're not getting goals. So I just want things to change. Uh, I don't think we're gonna do it against Southampton, but. 
What fixes the club faster, a director, a good director of football who can get all these bad contracts off the books or a new manager? I can answer that. I think immediately a new manager. I think yeah. a director of football doesn't do anything on the pitch. So, you know, if we want to bring in, take out a do who's who uh, it seems I've been, you know, reading of his shady underdealings with Kia Draption. I don't know how you say his name, but the Williams agent. Apparently, there's been some shady dealings with, you know, bringing Willie into the club and everything and, and money under the table. And I don't know. It's just, Edu, I don't think he's done a great job. I mean, I was happy with the Thomas Partey signing and the Gabriel signing, but we needed much more than that. If, you also needed again, like guys I said, to leave. If, that yeah, leave. we needed to sell Mustafi. We needed to sell, you know, uh, Maitland Niles if we weren't going to play him. You need to get Stuff Ozil like that. Off, the, off the books. Yeah. Ozil needed to get off the books. Lacazette needed to be sold, or Aubameyang didn't need didn't need a you know a three year deal. If uh, just the drop off for him has also been horrific. I mean, as soon as he got his contract, I know that it happens in other sports. You know, it happens in uh, basketball and in football. As soon as like a, a guy gets like a four or five year deal, he just falls off too. a cliff. Bryce Harper give you like a ten year deal. It, it, and- it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen as often in soccer, but. You know, it's obviously a real thing. You know, players once they get paid, they stop taking taking it as seriously, start partying, start doing whatever they want, and it seems like Aubameyang's no different. So, just very disappointed all around with my team. It's hard to be angry, or and I, I like dread watching them now. Like every 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 game that's coming up, I'm just kind of like, oh shit, I gotta watch because I'm a fan. But just know how we are. I'm gonna be rooting right for now. you for the first time in a long time. I'll be rooting for Arsenal because one you were rooting against us against Tottenham as well. So uh, yeah, I was rooting. Yeah, I was kind of rooting for you. I was rooting for a draw there, but I'm rooting for you now because Southampton are now above us in the table, and uh, I don't want Arteta to get fired before we play you guys on Boxing Day. So uh, yeah, hang in there, <laughs> Mikel. Hang in there. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking Southampton. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we could get a draw here, maybe. I think that's probably the best result I can hope for, that like a 1-1 one, one draw. I'm sure yeah. you'd be happy God. with that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we need a win. That's what we need. We need a win at home in front of the... Oh, you said there aren't going to be any fans, right? Correct. Yeah, whatever. Not. There will not be fans. Disappointing. Apparently Disapp- the fans weren't allowed to leave early because of COVID restrictions. That's another thing I heard, that they like they were forced <laughs> to stay there and watch the rest like of the game. like waterboarding. <laughs> <laughs> Like a torture session. You have to sit here and watch your team lose to Burnley. Southampton um, have their full team, though. Right. So, you know, that should be... It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. All right. Last game from the weekend that we didn't mention. Uh, Leicester City getting a big victory over Brighton 3-0. Uh, Jamie Vardy back on the score sheet and two goals from, uh, from Madison. Leicester have a big clash against Everton in the midweek. That game is pretty big for both of them as they're both trying to uh, make up some points here. You guys... Uh, you guys I mean, that... that other than the Liverpool Tottenham game, that's probably the best game on. Le- Leicester have been pretty damn good at home, mm-hmm. and Everton have not been very good away. So I think I'm going to favor Leicester in this one. And James Madison being back on form, getting a brace. Vardy's doing his usual thing. I think he got two assists and a goal. So also you know, Everton I don't know. weren't actually good against Chelsea. I didn't really get to mention that, but that game was a game of two shit teams that didn't really know what they were doing, and Everton just right. happened to get a penalty from one mistake by us. So yeah, yeah, I'm not super confident they're gonna, uh, you know, keep it up for this Leicester game, especially with how well Leicester are playing. And honestly, I would probably recommend that Wolves Chelsea game ahead of the Leicester Everton game. So interesting. Well, um, that team's on Tuesday. So yeah, okay. So second best <laughs> game of the, of the midweek slate. And then also uh, Leeds Newcastle. I feel like that's that's okay. That might be that might be decent. Uh, Fulham Brighton. That'll Another be Leeds boring. loss. 
Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a good. Ch- I don't know Leeds about lost to a defensive counterattacking team. I don't know. I kind of like starting to believe. One. I mean, <laughs> I just like betting on West Ham all of a sudden, and I'm probably going to bet on West Ham against Crystal Palace on Wednesday, unless one of you tells me not to, because. Moise is gotten it up. I know, and they're, pl- they're his, also plus he's got money. his old Everton side they're, now. They're plus money all the time in these games that they should win, and it's like, why am I gonna not take this? You know, it's like you're daring me to take this. It should, it should hit. Uh, Manchester United, Sheffield United on Thursday afternoon. It's United on the road. It's Sheffield United. They're probably gonna beat them like three 0 or some shit. So, are we crossing off Sheffield? I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much there. Don't I'm they have pretty one close. point? Yeah, I'm they pretty, have one yeah. point. Are they, gonna fire are they going to fire Wilder? one point. Are they going to fire Wilder? Are they going to let him? Rock I don't know. They might. They might pull a Burnley and just say that because he's Mister Sheffield, like grew up a Sheffield fan and yeah. has always loved them. They might just ride with him and trust him to bring them back up from the second division. So you hear that, ladies? Loyalty is not dead. As long as Chris Wilder's <laughs> still at Sheffield, you have a chance. <laughs> we thought it was dead when uh, when Eddie Howe got fired, but guess what? It's back. <laughs> but then again, I don't know anything. You could see them lose by four or five to United to Man United, and then he gets fired. So yeah, I, I, I can't I can't predict what's going to happen in that boardroom. Uh, it's not big great. Sam, big Sam for Sheffield. That could be a that could be the move. I feel like I honestly don't want to ever see him back in the Premier League. I've either. had enough of Big I fucking Sam. Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> all right, well uh, that wraps Javier's up. Javier's all of a sudden like, wait, maybe I do want Big Sam if it pisses <laughs> off Alex and. <laughs> This is off Alex and Andrew. That would be great. If I swear to God, Alex, if you don't name the title of this episode, Big Sam to Arsenal confirmed, like we're done. We're canceling the podcast. <laughs> um, speaking of podcast episodes coming up soon, uh, we're going to try to do a little uh, midweek recap and weekend preview. There's there's not like a great game this weekend, I don't think, on the on the cards, but uh, I haven't really checked. I'm, hold on. Let me let me look right now. Uh, Everton play host to Arsenal in the Mikel Arteta Bowl. Uh, oh yeah, there's some uh, good ones. Southampton City, Southampton, Manchester, uh, Spurs, Leicester, Spurs, United Leeds, United Leeds, oh, yes. Chelsea, West Ham. There's some good ones. Chelsea, West Ham is on Monday, but yeah, yeah, um, which means I have to bet on that game because I'm like nine and one on Mondays this year, which is just. Are you gonna take West Ham for that game? <laughs> probably not. Probably, probably. You probably flirt. should. They did the double over us last year, so. I'll, I'll probably flirt with an over or something in that one. We'll see. We'll, we'll let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but uh, speaking of which, for all all the bets and everything coming up this week, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ghost Goal Pod at Andrew Pissarro for myself at ASMoss92 for Alex and at Javier. Rev 9 for Javier. No, it's Javier Rev 9. That's it. Uh, There we go. Um, For Javier. And until uh, you hear from us later in the week, most likely. Bye.